Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. I want you to take a moment and try to picture what it was back in 1832. When I think about that era, what comes to mind is a society that is very conservative and is guided by the moral rules of the church. I can see in my mind women being relegated to giving birth to many children and staying at home, taking care of them, raising them not having access to higher education, uh, not having access to developing a career. I can picture a society in which men pretty much have all the privileges and the rights. I can picture a society in which sex and reproduction are pretty much the same thing. So I was surprised to learn that it was back in 1832 in this setting that one of the earliest blows to pronatalism happened. In 1832, a doctor in Ashfield, Massachusetts, called Charles Knowlton, published a book called Fruits of Philosophy, The Private Companion of Young Married People by a Physician. When Dr. Knowlton published this book, which was more of a pamphlet, he did it anonymously, because at the time it was illegal. The reason being that this pamphlet advocated for controlling reproduction, and it also detailed methods for preventing pregnancy. Under U.S. law at the time, those two subjects were considered immoral and obscene. Dr. Knowlton was very worried about population growth, and he was very worried about the hazards of fertility. He projected that the number of people on the planet would double three times every century, and he actually took some work that had been written before by a man called Thomas Malthus, and he quoted that on the pamphlet. However, Malthus saw no remedy to population growth other than plague or abstinence, whereas Knowlton believed that maybe something else could be done. Dr. Knowlton's pamphlet, The Fruits of Philosophy, starts discussing the basis and the links between the consciousness, sensations, passions, and human nature. So he basically argues that humans have the power to prevent any evils that may arise from gratifying sexual desires, such as unwanted pregnancy and STIs, and that it is unreasonable to solely advocate for abstinence, like Malthus had done before him, to prevent pregnancy because humans are not likely to easily limit sexual gratification. So Knowlton is actually touching on a very philosophical subject because, like I mentioned before at the time, sex and reproduction were more or less the same thing, and sex and population growth were the same thing as well. So he's writing a book back in the 1830s saying, no, we can actually have sex, it can be gratifying, and it does not have to end in an unwanted pregnancy. The interesting thing is that he also states that it is the duty of the doctors to actually inform their patients of the prevention methods that they can use, or birth control, which at the time was just completely unavailable. The Fruits of Philosophy is organized into four chapters. 
The first one argues that controlling reproduction, or the idea of conceiving children intentionally instead of accidentally, can be done without challenging any reproductive instincts. What he calls reproductive instincts is the urge that people have to have sex and reproduce. But it's really interesting and it's very important as well that he's actually here saying you can actually give way to that instinct, but it doesn't have to end on pregnancy. In chapter one, Dr. Knowlton texts Thomas Malthus' theory and he starts discussing it. So it's everything that has to do with the political aspects of reproduction. But the most important thing for me personally when I was reading about this book was that Knowlton uses the first chapter of this pamphlet to comment on the importance of having the knowledge and means to prevent pregnancy to live the happiest life. And in the same chapter, Knowlton specifically addresses the health and well-being of the woman, stating that often a woman's health, comfort, happiness, and life are endangered by multiple pregnancies. In chapter 2 of The Fruits of Philosophy, Knowlton gets into a very detailed description on the external and internal reproductive organs in both males and females. And he uses both colloquial terms as well as medical terminology to explain the anatomy and how everything works. So he not only discusses the anatomy itself, but also addresses conception, ovulation, semen, sperm, fertilization, and pregnancy including the signs of pregnancy. At the time, doctors didn't fully understand how the sperm reached the eggs in the ovaries, um, leading fertilization. And this is also in the pamphlet, which is quite interesting. But the most important point on chapter two is that Dr. Knowlton states that he believes that all individuals have a human right to receive the knowledge of the facts and discoveries made by science including those related to the reproduction of the species. He also states that it's very important for people to have the knowledge about reproduction because it is very connected to happiness of humankind. But at the same time, he also says that public discussion and investigations of topics like sex are considered improper. So there is still a little bit of that very proper and very tied into, you know, the morals of the church, not talking about sex, but he's still saying reproduction is very tied to the happiness of humankind. And that's why it's important that people have the information that doctors and scientists gather. In the third chapter of this book, Knowlton goes on to describe the methods of preventing conception. And he makes it really easy for his readers to follow the instructions. Among the methods contained on the third chapter of his pamphlet, he mentions withdrawal, or a man withdrawing his penis from a woman's vagina before releasing any sperm, which is something that is still practiced today in 2020. He discusses the condom, at the time it was called the baudruche, um, which covers the man's penis and prevents conception and also the venereal diseases. And it's funny because he actually argues that he doesn't think it will become popular, this type of method. Among the other methods that he includes in his third chapter, we can also find the mention of a small piece of sponge inserted into a woman's vagina to work as a barrier. Uh, also 
chemical checks, what he calls chemical checks, which are actually a mixture of several chemicals that would be inserted into the vagina to destroy the sperm. So sort of like a vaginal wash after sexual intercourse. And he concludes the chapter by stating that it is important to have a safe, effective, and attainable method of contraception. In the fourth and last chapter of the pamphlets, Dr. Knowlton discusses the reproductive instinct, which basically, like I mentioned before, is the desire for sexual intercourse. And he says that there is no other instinct that has a greater impact on human happiness and satisfaction. Even though Fruits of Philosophy still contains some arguments and some reasoning that was very much part of people's thought at the time, because it does still mention things like people should marry young and have babies when the woman is 17 years of age, and, you know, arguments that are um, very much part of what people thought two centuries ago. This book was very forward-thinking in the sense that it was one of the first pieces that was put into public circulation, if you will, that specifically talked about how to stop the exponential increase of the population. And it's also an acknowledgement that having children is a choice. As you may have imagined, Dr. Knowlton got into legal trouble for Fruits of Philosophy, because not long after the first edition appeared, he was charged with publishing obscene literature and he was fined. And he was also indicted on new charges even before the trial ended and sentenced to three months of hard labor. But even though he got into trouble for it, the book was actually a very big hit. In 20 years, this pamphlet went through nine editions in the United States. A few years later, in 1877, two British reformers decided to reprint Fruits of Philosophy and they published it in England. And they also got into trouble with the law. It is said that the publicity surrounding the trial actually turned the birth control subject, which was completely unmentionable and unthinkable at the time, into a topic of daily discussion. By 1880, so this was three years after the pamphlet was reprinted, they had already sold more than 200,000 copies. Now, the reason that I said that this was a, one of the first blows to prenatalism is because Fruits of Philosophy has been credited with changing the course of history. Because right around the time it first appeared, fertility rates in the U.S. began to plummet. And decades later, when it was published in England, the same thing happened for the British birth rates. Dr. Knowlton's contribution was very important for people to start separating sex and procreation. In other words, people began to understand that rather than being a consequence, children became a choice. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.